This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Well, this is interesting because let's let's talk about this stuff because I had just touched on um, Operation Paperclip for a couple few episodes. I was in the middle of discussing the U.S. Army's Cyborg Soldier 2050 uh, papers, which is basically building a Marvel superhero, Incredible Hulk, wrapped up in a Iron Man exoskeleton nanobot suit <laughs> that our government has been working on these ideas going back to at least uh the 1950s as well and then we started to talk about mk ultra uh really sydney gottlieb and again this is how i pointed out to the audience dana is that at the end of the day there are a certain set of documents that are supposedly you know declassified or unclassified by the government or they get uh exposed and so we don't really know how much of this stuff is real i don't have the ability to dig a tunnel under fort dietrich and go steal documents and how would you know what's real but there's a certain set of uh documents published by you know annie jacobson that you're well aware of she wrote the book on operation paperclip and other subjects you have stephen kinzer i reviewed here wrote the book on mk ultra so at least these are the official narratives, at least that the government allows um, allows to be put out there, and they're pretty bad uh, if you want to just believe those. But you've gone into research uh, that you've shared with me on stuff that Russia was doing. So let's let's just have a big conversation about this and all of this island of Doctor Moreau stuff that Stalin was involved with, because I found the stuff you sent me to be fascinating. Well, you know, the, the, the whole story of, of the island of Dr. Moreau is somebody stumbles upon this island, and, and Dr. Moreau is, is trying to create uh, human-animal hybrids, uh, chimeras, um, and, and that's what that story is about. H.G. Wells wrote it. H.G. Uh, Wells was a, a big um, socialist sympathizer and had a lot of respect for Stalin's uh, communism and and praised a lot of things he was doing. Uh, Wells visited uh, the Soviet Union several times, um, three times that I, I know of. Maybe maybe he did more. And, and one of those times, he actually interviewed Stalin. Well, Stalin was a big fan of H.G. Wells's science fiction, and he became convinced that the island of Dr. Moreau was real, and it wasn't just a work of fiction. So he tried to get H.G. Wells to let him in on the secret. Where's the island? Wells kept saying, it's, it's a work of fiction. I made it up. You know, it's, it's not real. <laughs> but Stalin never accepted that. And he sent uh, emissaries, Russian emissaries, throughout the uh, world looking for this place, you know, in remote areas. It's surely somewhere they're going to find this guy who's creating, you know, these, these, um, chimeras these human animal hybrids because he thought you know if we can do that we can make soldiers that you know are are you know undefeatable so you know this whole thing you know that i've been following you know in your podcast you know about this this, this you know new vision for super soldiers 
goes back a long way. And, you know, now we've got better technology. We've got more technology. We can, we can actually make this happen. But some of the primitive ways that um, they were trying to make it happen back in the day, um, and, and then we saw later, we see later, you know, if you go on YouTube, you can find the, the thing. And I've, I've read about this other, you know, where they were, Russian scientists were taking the head off of one dog and planting it onto the neck of another live dog. And both dogs' heads were eating and drinking water. Uh, so they were, and if that's what they show us, what didn't they show us? Uh, yeah. So uh, there yeah, were, yeah. I, I think. Oh, no, I was going to say, and yeah, the Chinese ahead. they showed have built these dogs that have, like, super strength by manipulating their DNA. And, you know, obviously, I mean, so if you back this up to where, you know, Hitler's supposedly trying to build the supreme race, and then right when World War II ends, you know, in 1947, America supposedly beats the, I mean, the official story is that we wanted to beat the Russians to the punch at bringing the Nazis into the fold in our camp. So we launch Operation Paperclip, we bring back 1,500 of these Nazi scientists and engineers, put them in positions of power inside our government and charge of different programs, different agencies. Meanwhile, we hired a bunch of them to be spies and torturers against the Russians um, back over in Europe. And then you had Sidney Gottlieb in, uh, you know, supposedly 1953 launching MK Ultra, and he gets trained by these Nazi and Japanese torturers uh, and learns how to mind break people using LSD, how to kill people. And then he sets up all of these illegal. Uh, foundations, these fraudulent foundations to pump LSD out into the hospitals, universities, prisons, and other institutions here in the United States. And they're running LSD mind control experiments on people unwittingly. And then at the same time, we set up torture camps in Europe and East Asia, where we were running experiments on people with prisoners of war that we deemed to be expendable. And uh, Sidney Gottlieb had the authorization basically from Alan Dulles, who was the head of the CIA at the time, to be able to kill these people in his experiment. So all this stuff has been going on for a long time. I mean, this is sort of the birth of this transhumanist movement. And as you said, now we have, you know, the CRISPR-Cas9 technology. We can do gene editing, DNA splicing, combined with the ability to put brain-machine interfaces into people's skulls or strap on transcranial electronic stimulation helmets out of the DARPA Brain Initiative. We have a program called N cubed which is basically a helmet that they don't have to go and put a brain chip in your head but it's able to control your mind i mean there's all types of frankenstein technology out there at this point wasn't it alan dulles wasn't he one of the primary shakers and movers that were getting the nazis out of germany and over to the united states that was his big task for a while uh before he became head of the cia of course back then was it OSS, Bill Donovan's uh, mm -hmm. um, well, OSS Donovan. that became, later became the CIA? But Dulles was working um, in intelligence, whether it was military or, or like I said, but I think the OSS started off as military. And I'm pretty sure I read that, you know, he was one of the guys who was really responsible for actually getting the Nazis out and getting them back to the United States because – as Russia was closing in, as the Soviets were closing in from the east, the Germans were terrified because, um, you know, 
Germany pretty much considered Americans like departed cousins. You know, we had moved across the ocean and they didn't really hate us. And many times our prisoners of war were treated pretty good by the Germans. Um, they, they weren't, you know, mistreated at all. So we didn't really hate the Nazis, but the Russians did because the Germans considered the Slavs an inferior race that should be exterminated along with Jews and along with gypsies and along with, you know, anybody else they deemed inferior, which everybody was inferior except them. Um, and so, and, and they did terrible things. There's a road in Russia that, um, I think it's like 35 miles long and what the Russians did, because as the Germans came into Russia, they were capturing towns and villages and locking the people up, fencing them in and starving them to death and just, just doing terrible, horrible things. Well, when the Germans, when the winter hit, Stalin sent the Siberian troops in to fight and the Germans thought they would take Moscow before the cold weather hit and they were wrong. Bad mistake. And the winter hit, well, they would capture these German prisoners and they would make them lie down uh, shoulder to shoulder, head to foot, uh, you know, wide enough uh, to, to drive a truck over. And then they would spray them with water, uh, at, you know, at minus 30 degrees. And they actually built a road. And to this day, it's called the Road of Bones. And they say, if you walk it, there are still human bones visible in, you know, Nazi belt buckles and, 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 and things of that nature that Jim buttons off of clothing. But they actually built a road out of German soldiers. And, you know, so the hatred there was fierce and the scientists were scared to death. So they all looked to the United States and said, hey, we'll give you everything we've got. Just get us out of here. Mm -hmm. uh, and a bunch made it. Operation Paperclip got a bunch of them over here. And they weren't just scientists who could help us with our space program. They got people who were in all kinds of nefarious activities in Nazi Germany. And we put them to work. Like you said, we made spies out of them. We you know, had all these people. And unfortunately, the Russians got some of them, too. But the ones that the Russians got, they didn't treat good. We brought our you know, Nazis over here and treated them really nice. Gave them good jobs, you know, gave them money. <laughs> cleared their record, changed their names, whereas the, the Russians got them and basically kept them in prison and just let them out eight hours a day to work in the labs. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, when we brought them over here and the ones that uh, we used as spies over in Europe, you know, basically they were rewarded when they were done and brought over here and given new names and basically given... Uh, um, social security <laughs> and everything else you know it's just interesting because of the way that we entered uh, the war and when you go back I'm going to do a show on a lot of the old um, propaganda that our government had to push around the country because World War II was different sort of than any other war we had to get the whole country on board we had to send all the boys over there put all the women to work in the factories you know convince people to start growing victory gardens in their yard so that they would have uh, food and vegetables. It was all these stereotypical propaganda pieces on the Nazis. And so part of the push was we were going over there to, you know, destroy all these crazy, you know, Frankenstein doctors, all this stuff. And then, boom, we just absorbed them and bring them back into this country. And you knew that we weren't doing something good because we changed all their names and hid them in and around the country you know, under aliases. I mean, how, how much have you read Jacobson's book on it? 
I have not. Um, I, I know of it. I've heard interviews with her, but I have not read the book. But I just remember as a ch- as a kid, you know, after Thanksgiving dinner, you know, the kids would all go start playing, you know, but the adults would stay around the table and talk. And this would be back in the late 50s, early 60s. Uh, and one of the topics of conversation, and it was a, a conversation that was going on nationwide, was, okay, we've got, you know, the Mengele Nazi medical records from terrible experiments they did on people in the concentration camps. We've got all this information. Should we use it? Can we, if we could find something that could save lives or, or, you know, help people um, today, is it ethical for us to use that information since it was, you know, all these Nazi experiments? And, um, you know, it, that was a, a big topic. It was a big debate. And there were a lot of people who was absolutely not. That stuff is poison. We cannot look at it. Well, of course, you know, our people, our government people were looking at it all the time. But the argument was, can we make this palatable to the public? And the public outcry was like, no, this stuff should not be looked at. This is, this is horrible. This is terrible. And no good's going to come from looking at Nazi medical experiment data. But the interesting thing is, is that the Japanese were accused of doing much, much more sadistic and horrific experiments on Chinese during the, the rape of Nanking area. Was it Area 731? Uh, yeah. Just a horror show. And we weren't having the conversation about not using their medical records. <laughs> yeah, so it's okay, you know, because, you know, you know, we, they didn't try to exterminate, you know, we, we have close ties with Israel. We had a lot of Jewish people who live in this country um, and a lot of Jewish people who had relatives in Europe who were suffering under Hitler and who suffered under Stalin. Uh, so there was a, a real touch, touchy kind of situation going on. But most people, you know, at least most Anglo, you know, people over here uh, didn't have Chinese relatives. So we didn't really care what the Japanese did to the Chinese. You know, it just it didn't it didn't affect us. It wasn't it wasn't as visceral a thing uh, to us. So there was never an argument about whether or not we could look at the Japanese medical experiments that they did on the Chinese, because after all, you know, it's, it's, uh, we have Jewish neighbors, but we don't have Chinese neighbors, at least not back then we didn't. And uh, so it was, it was somewhat hypocritical, but, you know, they, you know, for a time we, we were at least concerned about the Nazi data, uh, although we weren't concerned about the Japanese data. Wow, that's interesting. So, I, see, I didn't know that. So back in the 50s and 60s, it was like a dinner table discussion on whether or not we yeah, it should. Was, it was public debate. Wow, that's and back then there would be what one or two TV networks or one news network. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on a whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... 
Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Well, I don't know. I can tell you up where we were, we could, we could get one network clearly. And if you kind of stood on one leg with uh, a clothes hanger, metal clothes hanger, wrapped with tinfoil and stuck it out the window while you're holding the aerial of the TV, you might get the other one kind of snowy, but you could see it. Um, so, uh, there, there wasn't much going on. I don't even know back like in the forties and early fifties, uh, probably NBC and CBS were the two big ones. And still many people back in that day and time were getting their news from the radio, uh, and, and television, the television that was on was, you know, you, you had, um, uh, um, you know, a few entertainment shows, uh, you know, the talent scout stuff and, uh, Groucho Marx, you bet your life and, uh, funny comedies, the Lucy show or Lucy and, uh, I love Lucy and, and Andy Griffith, Andy and Barney and those guys. So, you know, it was, it was very, uh, innocent, I guess is the right word. Um, and they didn't really, you know, get into a lot of the stuff that all the news media does today. But it was a topic that was in the news and people were asking the question and people who were, you know, coming down on the side of ethics were saying, no, this stuff is, is awful. You, you should not use it. It's wrong. Uh, it's evil. And I think what happened is they just let the argument die. They kind of said, OK, well, we, we, we won't look at it. Meanwhile, they're sitting there looking at it while they're saying that. And, well, anybody I was gonna, who, and now anybody looks back says, you know, we know they were looking at it. You know, they were looking at it while the argument was going on. And they said, OK, all right, you're right. You know, it's bad stuff. We won't look at it. And they, are, they had already read it and memorized it. Well, no, that's interesting, because that's what I was going to ask you from your personal recollection, if you remember whatever happened with that, if it was a subject of public debate, which people don't realize. But back then, is this not true? Say it was 50s or 60s, there would be an issue because there was only one or two news networks where it becomes a discussion at the dinner table that would last months, unlike today, where it lasts seven minutes. So today, there's a giant issue. Seven minutes, people complain about it and seven minutes later they're on to the next issue so unlike then it would have been an ongoing discussion for quite a while do you think it was the same methods they utilize today though same principles where they get people to talk about it enough to the point where the general public becomes desensitized to it because they talked about it for long enough well i think that's a big part of it and i think you know and not meaning to rabbit trail off too much but uh, I think the whole UFO phenomena thing um, ties into this. You know, they uh, the crash in Roswell, New Mexico, and the first time the, the guy from the Air Force or the military comes on and says, you know, a flying saucer crashed in Roswell. And then the next day he comes on, oh, no, I was wrong. It wasn't really a flying saucer. It was a weather balloon. And, you know, they had the Project Blue Book, and they did keep all this stuff secret, and it was so secret that they they kept people wondering and you know is it somebody from space are we being visited by aliens are spacemen coming down and all this kind of we, we got the grays we've got the reptilians we've got all this stuff and while everybody's kind of looking at that worried about that concerned about that and it's on the tv you know twilight zone's got shows about aliens and you got science fiction movies and orson wells is doing war of the worlds and all this kind of stuff and we don't look at the fact that 
maybe a lot of the UFO technology was really given to us by the Nazis. It wasn't outer spacemen. It was Germans. <laughs> Not all Germans. I don't pay them all with a bad brush. I, I, my last name's Acker. It's, it's a German name, so I can, I can fuss at them a little bit. But, you know, we brought Nazi scientists over here. They, they, you know, Werner von Braun built the Saturn V rocket that powered all the Apollo missions. And, you know, and he was just kind of the poster child for, for that. What about the other stuff they were working on? And I, I, I'm, I'm pretty much convinced. Um, that the bulk of the UFO stuff that the government allowed us to, to be scared by and fearful of alien invasions and all this kind of stuff, you know, kept us looking up at the skies and we weren't looking at the bases where Nazis were working and teaching us how to make, you know, uh, anti-gravity, you know, propulsion and, and that kind of stuff. I don't know that they did that, but, you know, what they came up with, we don't know. It was kept completely. We were kept in the dark. We were we were afraid of little green men, you know, and what we really should have been afraid of is, you know, you know, guys who, you know, uh, had swastikas in their bedrooms. <laughs> no, it's interesting. Hey, I just want to tell you, too, while we're talking about this, before we get over to the, uh, the crash and uh, Annie Jacobson's uh, book that you had sent me some information on. I just wanted to bring this up because you brought up Dulles while we're still talking about the uh, Nazis. This was an interview, actually, with an author on NPR, and this uh, talks about how Dulles went over to uh, Germany right when it appeared, you know, the end when the Nazis were going to surrender. And he immediately started to negotiate uh, with a number of these Nazi scientists and generals and stuff. Uh, and he actually protected several of them uh, from the Nuremberg trials and uh, concealed their identities and brought them over here to the United States. Again, this is an author like uh, Stephen Kinzer or Annie Jacobson that's kind of seen as the foremost expert on at least what the official narrative is, what the government's willing to admit to. And so uh, I was just kind of reading it, skimming it while you were talking, and that's exactly right. He was over there negotiating with these guys uh, before it even came to an end. Yeah, you know, there's a reason why Kennedy fired him. <laughs> they didn't fire him for being a good guy. Um, and it may, that may have something to do with one of the reasons why Kennedy was shot. There were a lot of people who probably wanted him dead, but, um, you know, the Dulles CIA, um, you know, angle of things, I'm sure, you know, if they weren't in on it, they were standing on the sidelines clapping <laughs> when no, Kennedy got it, shot. So, um. Uh, it, it's interesting you bring that up, right? So Dulles, uh. Yeah, Kennedy gets rid of Dulles, and that's where that quote, I don't know if that quote was ever like in print or anything, but the quote about tearing up the CIA and uh, into a million pieces and scattering it in the wind that was sort of credited to JFK during the whole QAnon phenomenon. Uh, I don't know if that, but, but again, that was around the time that he gets rid of Dulles. Well, under Dulles, direct command was Richard Helms, who, um, when MK Ultra started, and Richard Helms was basically Sidney Gottlieb's main handler. Richard Helms later became the director of the CIA, and I had talked to an author named Ashton Gray, who's a great researcher, uh, a few years back. Um, he had done some research into the Trump-Russia stuff, that's what we were talking, but he had written a book all about how 
they took out his theory was that they took out Richard Nixon because Richard Nixon got rid of Richard Helms, who effectively ended up having to push out Sidney Gottlieb because Nixon was against the whole idea of MK Ultra and using LSD for mind control. And that was the beginning of leading up to the banning of certain of those narcotics. Now we're seeing the legalization uh, and sort of regulation under the government's control coming back in now, which is part of what I've been talking about the last few episodes. But it's interesting because you have Dulles and Helms sort of hand in hand and both of them being pushed out related to like this, you know, Nazi technology stuff going on. Well, um, you know, the, like I said, the roots of the things that you're talking about now, you know, go back a good ways. And, you know, we didn't think about that kind of stuff then. Um, you know, our idea of, of science fiction, you know, didn't really look at the real stuff that was going on. We were, like I said, we were looking at spacemen. We were looking at, you know, Plan 9 from outer space or whatever. And, and not looking at what some of these countries were doing and what some of the people in the countries were doing. And there were some really bad actors. And I think that, you know, it's, it's somewhere, somebody, I can't say this for sure. I don't have proof, but I can't not think otherwise that there were people high up in our government, how high up, I don't know, but at least in the intelligence and high up in military intelligence, it was one like, you know, they were aware of some of these things and they said, you know, we better get this. You know, we're, we're looking in this direction. These guys have already done a lot of the heavy lifting. Let's get them on our side. And then, you know, we can learn from them. They can, they can help us. And, you know, we did see that happen. I mean, the Germans, the guy who invented the V2 rocket sent all our Apollo missions up in space. Okay. That, that was, that was the, he was the good German. Um, but what were some of these other guys doing? Um, when I was talking about, you know, uh, Stalin and, and the whole HG Wells thing, um, I think I sent you a link or something to it. Uh, I saw a documentary on the science channel and you can take the science channel for what it's worth. I don't think it's really high science, but it was an extremely interesting show. It came on um, last month and it was called almost human, the rise of the apes and what it had to do with uh, didn't have to do with Dr. Moreau, but it had to do with uh, a scientist by the name of Dr. Ilya Ivanov. He was a bi biologist and he was just absolutely obsessed with the idea of implanting human sperm into female chimpanzees or chimpanzee sperm into human women in hopes of creating half man, half ape hybrids for a super soldier development program that was going on in Soviet Russia. And he actually got money from Stalin's government to pursue this. Um, uh, went to uh, a, a famous laboratory that, that the French owned and was doing all these things. Now, his experiments never worked out. They never got a real chimera. But the <laughs> fact that they were just interested in doing this, this was something that was in their mind. It was on their mind. And they were pursuing it, putting money towards it and actual doing actual experiments, trying to build this super soldier, you know, back, you know, 50 60, 70 years ago. Um, you know, like I said, now we've got better technology, so, um, you know, we can, we can do that. I remember um, I had uh, a hernia repair surgery a few years back, and uh, I was in the hospital, and the anesthesiologist had come by to see me, you know, and he's telling me about all this stuff they're going to be doing to me, and, 
you get state of the art this, and we've got state of the art this, and we give you this and do that. And I said, man, I said, we've come a long way from the days when they gave you a shot of liquor and a bullet to bite on strong <laughs> men to hold you down. <laughs> and he looked over his glasses at me and goes, we still do that. You just have better insurance. <laughs> you know, so, so, you know, you've got this old technology versus new technology. And the fact that we've got the technology and we've got people like Musk and, and Seal and, and uh, uh, all these people who are really, you know, pushing this, this technology boom and it's self-perpetuating and you got AI behind it now and, you know, we only see what they allow us to see. We don't see the stuff that's going on behind the scenes. And, uh, you know, and like I said, you know, we, we don't practice surgery the way we did in the 1800s. We have modern techniques now. But in the same sense, while we've got the technology maybe today or we'll have it soon to actually create these super soldiers, they were thinking about it a long time ago, a long time ago, World War II and before. Um, I was reading an article too, uh, you, you know, you've been talking about psychedelics and, you know, uh, Gottlieb's introduction uh, to LSD, you know, the CIA and, and, and spreading that around to prisons and hospitals and getting the counterculture going and things like that. But, uh, you know, what Hoffman, uh, developed, uh, LSD like in the forties and I was reading about a drug, there used to be a drug, a street drug called MDA and, I think it was first discovered by German scientists in like 1910. Uh, goes back a long way. I mean, people have been playing with hallucinogenics for a long time. And I can't uh, tell you what the MDA stands for, but the A stands for amphetamine. They were working with amphetamines that far back, uh, you know, before World War One, And we know that Hitler was giving... Um, methamphetamine to or, or a version of it to his troops uh that's how they could you know do these lightning marches and just you know stay sharp forever but they were they were eating speed all day long 